Warning, some of these episodes might contain language not suitable for other audience. Listener's discretion is advised. Welcome to the Slap Down Roof Show with your host, Evix24. Hello everybody, Eric here, and welcome to episode 8 of the show. Uh, first season 1, season, um, not, not season 1, uh, season 2, episode 1 of our of the podcast. Uh, yes, it has been a while. It has been a couple months since then. Um, NASCAR season's been well underway. With also the fact that F1 is coming around, a lot of stuff has happened, including Tom Brady retiring, unretire, and then unretiring today. A lot of things going on. Baseball had a lockdown. Now they're back. More double, you know, a lot of things happen. But today, we are going to talk about, of course, the NASCAR season. We will talk about it. Uh, we will we will go over the first five races of the season, including the Clash of the Coliseum. Then we'll get into some, we'll get some next-gen cars because, yeah, we are going to talk about the next-gen car a little bit because I got to say, for a little spoiler, the car actually looks really good. And then we'll probably end it off with uh, a couple, a uh, couple of a preview for the uh, 2022 F1 season because that is starting this weekend. I will get you my opinions for testing and a little bit of drive to survive. But before we do that, we got to get into some administrative things, guys. I know this episode, first episode, it's been a while. I'm really hoping you guys love to listen to, it, especially for me talking about NASCAR and all that. Hopefully, you're ready for season two because I got a lot of stuff to talk about. I want to talk about also the other events that I've gone to, like other sporting events and, of course, other products that you must try at home that I like because I have a can of Nitro Pepsi as well. So I might do that. So if you guys are looking forward to it, I'm hoping I can get back into the swing of things with um, with a little bit of... I'm trying to just... It's hard for me to... It's hard for me to talk, but you know what I mean. Just try to get back to the swing of things and get back to used to it. So if you guys are looking forward to it, Please, please, please hit us the like button on Spotify and our RSS podcasting. Also, make sure you go follow my Twitch. I will be streaming some of the times, uh, some of the time, uh, usually. Uh, but I have been doing some CSGO a little bit. We might bring back Rocket League. Um, I'm hoping that I get to bring back some of the some of the series as well. And we'll hopefully get to put some... Hopefully we get to bring on some other players. Well, especially for, for doing uh, this podcast as well. But, uh, is there other things I have to do? Oh, yeah. And by the way, I also have a TikTok. You can follow me at evix24 as well. I do other videos and I post some of the famous Twitch clips. So make sure you follow as well. <clears throat> and if there's anything else we housekeeping we need to do uh, also i'm just looking for suggestions as well for the discourse so you could tweet me or even put a comment down i don't know if they could put feedback or something like that in spotify if there's a way that we could do that please 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 let please 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 just do that as well that would be helpful for me and for all of you guys that just helps make the show possible and hopefully we can get guests as well i know i didn't i know i didn't do it last season but things happen so i'm hoping maybe this season and this year we could get uh these get some guests in but until then we're just gonna do solo but that's the case so without further ado enough dilly dallying let's talk about the season of nascar so far guys 
wow. The season, I cannot express enough how huge the season has been to start. I don't know, I don't understand. It is very, very exciting. First of all, number one, the next-gen car races well. Oh my god. The Coliseum was a fantastic race. It was exciting. Got fun to watch. Daytona, on the other hand, oh my goodness gracious. The Daytona 500 was so much different than what we saw in the duels on the Thursday. So I was very glad for that. I was giving a thumbs up for that. He had a great race at Auto Club as well. Another fantastic race at Vegas. And then, of course, as I was scoring, this Phoenix just happened yesterday. And it had more, but Phoenix was a little bit more on the typical typical Phoenix kind of race. Um, So it didn't really improve that much of the racing that much. But the mile and a half, though, oh my god. The intermediate tracks are absolutely insane. So I'm going to talk about the race-by-race bases. We'll get into some of the um, things. And oh my gosh, the racing reference did not give me the... uh, Clash consoling the not voice, but we'll, but we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but before, before we ed- do that, let's just talk about the season. So we start off with the LA Clash at the Coliseum, the big testament for NASCAR doing something, I think, <clears throat> I think, very outside the box, something that needed to be done. We needed some big change in sport with the new car. And that was the chance. When I first initially heard the announcement, I was like, yeah, it could be good. And then when it got closer and closer and closer, you started to look at the Coliseum track. And then, the like I said, and and when it started to come to life, you know how they paved the track, they put the fencing up and all that. They actually, fun fact, it could have been more. It was supposed to be a million dollars, but it's a little bit more than that. But holy crap, they got the fencing from St. Pier, um, from Long Beach as well. The fencing they had. You could tell, like, you could you looked at the picture, the pictures that they have sent, and you're looking like that's not real. It's not real. It is not real. This is they they are actually doing this. And it just keeps getting better as the pictures come on. Then when they get the cars on track, oh my goodness me. First of all, all I gotta say, the cars look really good. Um, yeah, so the first race, actually with this, um, we'll talk about a little bit more about the next gen um, concerns or opinions of that when we get in a little bit, but uh, one of the main concerns, obviously, we'll touch base on a little later, is that uh, the supply chain has been an issue. We'll talk a little bit more about it. So the drivers were able to use their test cars, so they didn't have enough parts or the updated parts that they would have right now. So, but without further ado, here they are. They're ready to go. And I got to say, they look really good and they race really well. Um, Hairpin turns, they're bumping and banging and all that. And then in the end, Lagana won. The heat races were good and the crowd was awesome. The only issue that was is that there wasn't really much of a crowd. I think maybe the start of the heat races. Maybe NASCAR didn't broadcast it that much. Uh, But... Man, they actually did a good job. Man, but when the main event came in, packed house. It was literally packed. I think they sold like 70,000, I think almost 70,000 people went in. And actually, that is more than the Pro Bowl. And I think it was more than the Super Bowl, I think, in fact. Or maybe that was the Auto Club attendance. I don't know. It was more than the two. But 
That was really good. Good timing by NASCAR. Good timing for the way that it ended up because it was such. It was so good. I mean, I can just. I I really can't describe it. You have to go watch the videos. You have to watch the videos. You have to see for yourself. And um, obviously, it was a good thing. Ben Candy, who was a former NASCAR Camping World Truck Series driver, in fact, he won a race at Bristol in the last great coliseum so it's um no exception to that i think he came up with the idea as well i think it looks really nice um and of course in the end i think i said it again i'll say it again logano joey logano ended up winning the race uh he he beat kyle bush so logano not only won the first race in the la coliseum he also won the first dirt race at the last great coliseum in bristol um yeah what what ironic irony right uh but i gotta say it was really nice and i was a little bit jealous because i was like ah, i mean it, the race was pretty good the only um the only difference and i think there was i think a lot of fans probably said that uh probably also said the one difference i could make from the clash that probably would let up to the race um is the race was 150 laps but it was going by really quick i think i would like to see the race go if they are going to go back to the uh, coliseum again i would like to see 200 laps so 200 laps would be really, would be nice. That's the other thing too. We'll talk about Auto Club as well because Auto Club has a little bit of um, outside to it as well because it does affect Auto Club a little bit, but we'll get there in a minute. But let's, next step, we're going to talk about the Daytona 500. The Daytona 500, when we came to Daytona, the practices were kind of, well, we, we did see some practice sessions and then my opinion was we saw the practice I saw the practice sessions qualifying was close but the dual race where the qualifying races are weren't really as intense exciting that would come to love there were basically uh I think both of the races were caution free which again you know that's usually sometimes what happens but the field was so spread out and everyone was like uh I don't know if it's gonna happen or not we did not have that many Daytona 500. So, thankfully, we did not have that. Of course, Larson got the pole along with Bowman, so he picked up where he left off. The racing was pretty good. You still were able to get the runs. You still were able to push each other. But we knew what we knew already, and maybe this is what happened. Uh, we saw some times where we draft with the cor when you draft with the cars... When they draft, I think when coming on the high banks, if you're pushing against somebody, they might get squirmy. And that's what led to our first big wreck. And one of the big, and like I said, one of the crash tests of the gen, next gen car. Where it was, I think, again, I think, uh, I think it was lap, uh, yeah. It was just before the end of the stage where Brad Keselowski was pushing Harrison Burton. He was leading that outside lane. And he just kept leaning on him, leaning on him. Burton was a little squirmy, though. I think his car was still loose. And again, it, it is his first ever cup race. I mean, he didn't make... Well, I think he made the clash. But this is a proper one, I guess you could say. And um, he just pushed it. He just kept leaning on him. Harrison Burton lost control and spun, collected Byron, which for the third year running, William Byron gets taken out in the first 50 laps of the race because somebody else caused the wreck. 
That's how Daytona goes. Ah, that sucks. Uh, took out Kyle Busch as well. A bunch of other guys, Bowman, Bell, Denny Hamlin as well. He also got caught up in it. And Harrison Burton flipped over. Oh my, oh no, oh gosh. And that was probably something that I think NASCAR, or maybe us fans thought that it wouldn't happen. Of course, poor Fox, they didn't catch Harrison Burton flip over in the live feed. Uh, we'll talk about the broadcast and I'll also briefly um, as well later on in the podcast because uh, the broadcast maybe you need to get a little talk to, but we'll get there. But the cars were supposed to design to help them stay in the ground. But if you don't know how the cars are these days, well, we'll talk about the next, I guess now we can talk about the next gen car and then we can talk about, talk about the rest of the day 500. The cars now are brand new. They're each team, each and every team has the same supplier. They have the same chassis, the same rule cage. Each and every team gets the parts from a supplier. A supplier. The supplier supplies all the teams in the Cup Series. So all the teams get all the chassis made by Delara. They get all the road cages made by a supplier. They get all the bodies made by a couple of positives. They build the cars and they get the supplies. It's supposed to help the costs of running a Cup Series team much better. The next-gen car has composite bodies, of course. It's got 18-inch wheels. We rims with eight HGH tires which we'll talk about that in a minute it's got an underpant with a diffuser on the back we will talk about why that's the case they have slits in the window because they were going to blow all the exhaust air because they found out the car was going to get too hot the air intake on the front helps the hot air get out of the car the exhaust pipes there's dual exhaust pipes on both sides right where this the numbers will move forward just to make sure that we get more sponsorship they look really nice as well um uh, sequential shifter a new steering box and everything like that they've had issues as well basically the car is brand new it is so you think the f1 um f1 you know regulations are bad this is a completely new race car completely new out of the box as well they had two years of testing it took them late December, by the way, to confirm the package. That's how big this test, this car is. They want to make sure they get everything right. But I think I think I explained enough about it. Oh, and also we have the single lug too. But we'll talk about that in a minute. We had some single lug issues. We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, yeah. So Harrison Bird flipped over. He just flipped upside down, and then luckily he flipped up on his route. The good news, though, in fact, and this is probably something I think we noticed as well. If you looked at Harrison Burns' wreck and then you Googled one of the wrecks that, um, one of the flips as well, the roof has done its job. The body's, the car looks much better when it's flipped over. And what it's supposed, and how, uh, I think maybe how the car, what NASCAR was trying to do is that when a car spits out, um, all the, the airflow will lift and has a little, the diffuser has got a little pivot. And what it's supposed to do is that when a car goes backwards, when the roof flaps come up, the diffuser comes down. Diffuser comes down. It goes right to the ground to get rid of all the air that's on the car. Unfortunately, the other thing too with the ground effect cars and why they've not been around is that the reason why F1 originally had them banned is because they go get airborne more often. 
Well, uh, one race, yep, so that's exactly what happened. Here's the burn scar, went up in the air and over from nasty physics. Um, it sucks. It was very, I say, like I said, it was not good, but at least the good news, though, was we got we we got the um, Harrison Bird was able to walk away and actually he, it was pretty good. He climbed out of the car. He also climbed out of the car pretty good because the actually the night before, Myatt Snyder had a nasty crash where he ripped the catch fence. Uh, and like similar to what Kyle Larson's wreck in the Xfinity Series race he did on the back straightaway, right by Michael where Michael Jordan parked his hauler and uh, his. Uh, trailer and they've solved the debris they actually got some debris actually in the bus so yeah then we had some green flag racing Truex won the first two stages then Jacques Villeneuve might have caused an accident maybe but he was part of it took out a couple guys including Truex who dominated the race won both stages and Kurt Busch as well who was driving for the new 2311 it was um and then, like I said, late in the race, you know, you had Harvick get taken out. It was a wreck fest most days. And then, of course, Keselowski with a few laps to go was pushing Stenhouse, and he just took him right, and he just did the same thing what he did to Bernie Harrison Bernie. He just took him out. He took him out. Uh, it's uh, very, very, very difficult. Very, very interesting. But in the end, Austin Sindrick gets his first win NASCAR Cup Series win. I did expect Austin Cedric to win a Cup Series race. I didn't expect him to win this quickly. And that is good news. And by the way, he is driving for Brad Keselowski. By the way, that same car was right behind Logano on the last lap of last year's Daytona 500, and they both lost. So it was good they got the victory. It was a late block, though, on his team and Ryan Blake, but it got the done, and he got the W. So... Great to see Austin Sidrick in his, technically in his eighth cup start, get the win. So, pretty, pretty good to see that as well. So, again, a great race. It was a great race overall. Uh, next up is Fontana in California. NASCAR also had a new practice session, of course. They put in built in as well. Before we get into Fontana a little bit, NASCAR also debuted a new practice session. So, some weekends are extended sessions. I believe Gateway, Coda. So there's a couple weekends that are extended sessions, but most of the sessions are supposed to help the TV window a little bit. Where they split the cars into two groups based on finishing position. They have a 20-minute practice, and then they go into, for both groups, and then they go into a qualifying session. A single qualifying session. The top 10 events, and they do a final run. So it was pretty interesting, but we saw cars get loose, spin out a lot, and uh, well, yeah, of course, it's the first time the NASCAR is going to Auto Club Speedway in two years. They haven't been there since 2020, the day, probably one of the only races before COVID hit. Um, Auto Club got a really good crowd, um, very good crowd, and the race was spectacular. Yeah, we had some wheel issues. Actually, there were some tire failures, in fact, because of the way they, because of the way they blew, um, they rip apart and all that. And plus, there's no interliners in the tires. We'll talk about the problems in the next-gen car in a little bit as well. But 
it was really good. The racing was fantastic. The cars looked absolutely amazing. And keep in mind, too, this is the first intermediate package. They're still keeping the 510 horsepower package for Daytona and Talladega and Atlanta, which at the time of recording it, it's the next race. So you'll probably get my opinion on it maybe in the next episode. So, But until then, you know, you got to have to wait and see. But... It was a pretty good race. Uh, Auto Club delivered. Um, it was probably one of the most... I think Vance said that it was one of the most exciting Auto Club races in a while. And I think I could agree with that. There were a lot of good... Pa- there was some passing. There were drivers having, you know, had issues. But there was drivers trying to figure out the handling of their race cars. And that's what's good about this car is that it's harder to drive. So you you can't just, you know, try to steer it and... Because I could give you an example. Chase Elliott was leading at one point, and he got out of the wall, and he spun out while leading. So, that's what happened. And then, of course, Reddick, who was probably had a car that probably capable of winning the race, he had a flat tire. And then the other guy, William Byron, my driver, had another car that capable of race late in the race. Reddick had a flat tire, and then Byron got loose and gets into it late. Ugh, that's terrible, because I think Reddick won both stages, I think, at that point. So... Uh, I think so. I think he won both stations. So it was difficult. It was definitely terrible. I <laughs> terrible that Reddick uh got those stages and just didn't get a chance to win because of the flat tire. That was terrible because Reddick got, is looking for his first career win. Yeah, a lot of guys had issues. Um, a lot, a lot of guys had issues, including the fact that um. We had uh, a multi-car incident, but it was the it was the race where Kyle Larson threw a late lug on his teammate Chase Elliott, and Elliott broke a tire and he spun out. And well, in fact, Kyle Larson goes on to win the race. No surprise. Um, but man, it's just man, the race was awesome. I the you I wish I could describe the racing for you. You have to go watch. I've said this once and I said it again. You know, I can explain all of what's going on in the NASCAR world. But you have to watch it yourself. Because I gotta tell you, it's good. It is really, really good. You are gonna like it. So, and again, it's just Keselowski, I mean, not Keselowski, Kyle Larson wins, and then, of course, we have some guys. Well, a lot of different uh, teams got in the top 10 um, in that race. Guys like Daniel Suarez, he got the team Trackhouse. He equals his best career finish, I think, with Trackhouse. Um, and then guys like Kurt Busch, even like Daniel Hamrick. I saw Daniel Hamrick get a top 10 for calling racing. And then Stenhouse ran the top. He had a good car. He was in the top five as well. So... Very, very interesting. And then, very, very interesting. Uh, that Auto Club went really good. Then Vegas had a pretty good race as well. Las Vegas had a fantastic race as well. Um, we had we had um, issues again with tires. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But, very interesting that... Chastain. Chastain had a really good... I think one of the guys that was shining bright was Ross Chastain. Of course, that team, Trackhouse team, has two new guys. Um, he is with them, and he had a good race all day. But there were a lot of 
there were a lot of guys who you could still there was a lot of guys that had issues all throughout the day um including guys like Kyle Busch Kyle Busch had a race where Kyle Busch probably had the race probably would pull a Lewis Hamilton I would say um well here's what happened his weekend I'll break down his weekend for you in practice nine laps into his run he has a tire left rear tire failure goes to the wall and then of course they have to bring the backup car now with the supply shortage it was a parts car so it had so they had to basically take whatever they can out so the parts car that they wheeled out didn't have enough parts so they had to take whatever he parts was in his rough race car and try to put it in there and they were able to get the car repaired it took over eight hours of work then he had a shifter problem then got into a wreck then spun out had to go to the back again and then he worked his way up into the front and he was leading the race with three two three laps to go he had a car capable of winning and you know there was a good chance that he was gonna he and shurix were battling so much and the good thing about that it came down before the um it was like the last couple laps it was good to see Truex try and Kyle Busch, you know, there were mad mirrors through lap traffic, but of course, of course, the winner of the stage is Bowman and Chastain, but we saw guys, you know, we saw guys, you know, trying different lines and were able to move around a little bit because what happened was, and this was a relief too, with the new car, with the higher horsepower package, dirty air was not a factor. Dirty air was not a factor. Thank you, because usually if there were, this was last year, Kyle Truex would have been still behind Kyle Busch and he would never have a chance to pass him. And he still had an attempt to pass him. He would still be able to try to pass. Unfortunately for Kyle Busch, well, the Gibbs guys didn't have a good day because I think Bell had issues. Bell had issues. And then Hamlin, on his last pit stop, broke his transmission. He shifted down instead of up and broke his transmission. He broke the transaxle. We'll get to that. We'll get to some of the gremlins of the next-gen car a little bit. But that was tough. Hamlin had a car capable of winning. But, but Kyle Busch would have pulled off the Lewis Hamilton of comebacks. Unfortunately, a late race yellow happened with two laps to go. And um, almost a head-on collision. Jones had was running once again, running in the top five, ten, and then he had I think a I think he had some sort of failure in the right front or something like that. Hit the wall, spun, and then almost a head-on collision with Bubba Wallace. But he was able to steer left and almost and got in there. So that could have been a nasty wreck. Luckily, it was okay. But they did have to throw the yellow after that, unfortunately. Then on the pits on the ensuing pit stop because tires were a big factor in Las Vegas, Kyle Busch. Everyone came down pit road. Kyle Busch took four, and the Hendrick cars of Bowman, Larson, and William Byron took two, and they were able to get out. They were able to get out of the first three positions, and then it was basically a battle between Bo Alex Bowman and Kyle Larson. It was Bowman who actually gets the win. At least they race cleanly, and Bowman actually wins wins uh, a fairly clean race against Larson because the last time that Alex Bowman uh, won and Larson would win too, uh, Larson went into the last corner of the race and had a flat tire and hit the wall, and Bowman went on to win the race. That was at Pocono. 
And I couldn't believe, and I still can't believe that actually happened. <laughs> but Bowman wins another race, and actually, you could look up the Kyle Busch quote. He was pissed. Uh, he said he gets backed into a win every time, and that's sometimes what happens. Bowman's like a Terry Labonte, what we call it, or a driver who usually, some if it's there for the taking, you take it, you know, and that's what yeah, happens. So Bowman gets another win that. Maybe he wouldn't deserve. Well, sorry for the background noise. I think the dog's barking. But, yeah. Very interesting to see Bowman win that race. So, Bowman won. Larson second. Uh, Bush and Chastain finished third and fourth with Byron fifth. You can go through the results as well. But I'm not going to get into that as much because i got to save some time as well. And then now we move on to Phoenix. Phoenix was a bit average. This happened yesterday. But... Get to that. Phoenix was a bit average. Um, I think it was a typical Phoenix race. I don't think nothing really changed that much. I think the only concern was the diffuser having uh, damage, but it looks like the diffuser held up because everyone was able to uh, was able to uh, run run well. And uh, in the end, it was actually um, some guys had a good chance to win, but we had some guys who had issues or had race well Byron won stage one but I oh my god I hate to say this but William Byron's pit crew is the worst in the NASCAR Cup Series I think I said this last season I'm going to say this again even with the single lug nut he has the worst pit crew fun fact on that weekend, Joe Gibbs Racing actually swapped some of their pit crew members. Come on, Henrik Motorsports, let's do it. Because, seriously, William Byron is getting compromised for, in the wrong way, for having the worst pit crew in the NASCAR competition. You don't pit, he pitted first, he came out eighth. You can't have that happen. You can't have that happen in a race. Because I thought Byron had a race win card. Yeah, I know they had lost the handling of it and he ended up finishing 18th, but... He had a car capable, because he was running the top five all day long. Top ten, even. And they just, maybe they didn't get the handle on it, but he had, your picker has to keep your track position. That's what you have to do. I can't believe that happened. But, side note. But in the end, and we had some guys who basically had some issues. Of course, Larson blew up, which was sad. Truex, of course, another race where he lost a tire we'll talk about tires in just a little bit actually because it's also the also one of the concerns hanging into it it's another thing too to also point out that briscoe ended up winning the race and once again it was actually chastain reddick and reddick going up there as well two guys going for their first win as well so it was an interesting race and chase briscoe had to earn it and man, I mean, last season was terrible for Briscoe. If you saw last season, yeah, he probably, he didn't have the best season. I mean, the only other shot that Chase Briscoe had was the win was the chance to add a new road course where he intentionally turned Eddie Hamlin after he got penalized for cutting this corner in the first place. So it was good to see Chase Briscoe got it, and he held him off. He actually held him off pretty good. So you got to give credit where it's due. He gets his first win of the season, driving for his boyhood hero's team, Tony Stewart, in his car, by the way. And Chase Briscoe becomes, I did not know this, the 200th different driver, different winner 
in the NASCAR Cup Series. 200 drivers have won the NASCAR Cup Series in total. I think F1 has 100. Somewhere around 50 or something like that. So, yeah. I mean, 200. 200 different winners of the NASCAR Cup Series in about in 75 years, I think. Almost 75 years. At least over 70. I know that for a fact. Let's see. 60 years was 2008. 70 years 2018. Yeah, almost 74 years. So, still... Pretty good, pretty, pretty good um, amount. And again, yeah, Kurt Busch, the top five and all. That team trackhouse had a pretty good start with the new teams as well. We can talk about new teams as well in a bit because we had some new teams um, as well. But the race was more of um, a typical Phoenix race. So the race did not have like any... It didn't have it really that much excitement because it was basically a typical Phoenix race. It had basically everything. So I wouldn't expect Phoenix, the championship race, to be something different. But again, it is an extended weekend, so we could potentially see some um, some new things. And who knows? It could be better than what we had um, last Sunday. Um, well, at the time it was yesterday, but earlier in the season because uh, the teams will be able to hand, get a handle of this new car by the time we get to the last race of the season. So it will be it will be something to keep an eye on. But it was basically a typical Phoenix race. I mean, nothing really changed that much. So that's the that's nice. But let's talk about the next-gen car a little bit because there are a little bit some concerns uh, with this new car. The new car has provided some of the best racing so far in the mile and a half. We've yet to see something like that on a short track. I know Atlanta comes up next week, and then, of course, the week after that is the first ever first road course race at Circuit of the Americas. So there's two big races that uh, will be tested upon. Atlanta, because of the track, and um, how more it's more tested on the track than the car but again it's a test that then of course the real test i think will be circuit of the americas will we get to see a fantastic race and i think another question is that how will it deal with a wet weather race because of course the last time we went to circuit of the americas they raced in a monsoon uh, so i'm hoping we can i'm hoping we could get a wet race this year just to see how the next gen car does i think it will drive better in the rain and i think it will do better in the rain but like i said we'll have to wait and see wait and see but that's in two weeks time but one of the main concerns is that we talked about a little bit is the supply shortage back before i think it was back in january when i think um they were doing their tone testing they were asking some of the i think team owners and the driver and some of the drivers what the supply shortage is most teams they said that they were supposed to have they're already said by january they already had two cars built for the test for each driver each driver and oh and a little additional contest context each driver is supposed to have seven cars built for them nascar said the goal i think back in uh, i think in december or maybe even back in november even five cars built but since then we've had supply shortages and everything's run tight it's getting to the point where teams had to have teams have to really rely on reused parts and fun fact they were gonna they actually 
Tempor- I say temporarily. They were going to stop the Daytona 500 tradition where the winner's car was supposed to display in the Daytona USA Museum. They didn't. And, of course, Daytona announced they were going to do that because the supply shortage of the Daytona 500 car was supposed to run again. There's The plan was to put, I think, put a replica car in with wrap. Uh, but in the end, since also the Citroën won the Daytona 500, they actually brought the car, Roger Penske, brought the car back. And uh, the tradition still continues. So... If you do end up going to Daytona and go to Daytona USA Museum, you'll see Austin Cedric's winning Daytona 500 car still in its condition. So, that's at least the good news is if that's if someone who had us to keep the tradition, Roger Petsky. But you get the idea. So, NASC, and again, a lot of people have been asking about that supply shortage. We haven't really touched upon it yet, but we saw from uh, when Kyle Busch wrecked at Vegas, uh, them load unloading a parts car where they didn't have enough parts including the seed and everything so you could tell that the teams are really having issues now we're done with the west coast sweep thankfully so that's a good thing for the teams so they could figure out what they need to do but it is very interesting with the supply shortage we've yet to determine i think by now i think most teams should have three or four cars fully built but not the seven that or the five that the teams want to have by the clash. Because by the time the clash started, only teams only had a few cars ready to go. Um, some of the teams, like I said, some of the teams had to use their test cars, which had the old parts in the side. Not the brand new parts that, or the parts that uh, NASCAR implemented or the changes. That the newer built cars were ready for Daytona. So that was another reason why. So you can kind of understand why that's the case. So supply shortage is one thing, and that could be a big problem heading throughout the season, um, depending on how many cars wreck. Um, so that's going to be something you might have to keep an eye on for. I'm surprised that isn't that this is not a problem in Formula One. I know that this is again because it's like it's like it's, oh, it's ten different teams, but you got to I'm so very surprised that Formula One was able able to still have the car ready i'm sure that they probably had they have some more issues than ever before but i could be wrong i could be right but we will talk about the formula one a little bit the next issue that the next gen cars had is the tires of course we've we've got single lugs 18 inch rims with um a tire that has got no inner liners and it's led, led to a lot of problems um, of course, teams have to get used to the pit guns where they, instead of pinning five lug nuts and then taking out, oh, I'll tell you about the lug nut story in a little bit. Then they have to, you know, take the gun, bram, bram, and then take the tire off with the nuts still in and put the wheel on and put the gun back in. So pit stops are usually a little faster, but they have to wait for more on fuel. I'm sure the pit stops will get much better as the season goes on as well. Um, another thing too, actually a side note with the uh, lower tier series with the Xfinity and truck series, uh, the quality control for the lug nuts have been issues. Um, the lug nut supplier that some of the teams are getting, they've been getting, uh, lug nuts that don't even fit the NASCAR uh, policy. And Zane's, uh, one of the guys actually got disqualified for that because the lug nut is different. So it is a proven that's case. So NASCAR has to rely on the... T- so we haven't figured out if the teams have any issues. So looks like the teams are going to have to be the quality control thing because unfortunately the supplier is going to the supplier for the 
lower budget, lower, lower tier, uh, lower division teams are going to have those issues. But that was a side note there. That's something else you keep an eye on. But going back to the next-gen car and the tire, the tire concern is another thing as well because, well, the rim gets plot as well. And actually, fun fact, uh, NASCAR confiscated RFK, which is Rash Femme Keselowski's, Keselowski's new team, and uh, and uh, Penske's wheels because they didn't have, they threaded, they threaded a little bit. It was a safety concern. Well, two things. Well, they had wheels that, two wheels came off of uh, some people's race cars and uh, during the Daytona 500, so uh, they made them look like smart people. But it looks like we're going to be okay with the, uh, okay with the wheel situation, but it may get a little bit worse. But the other thing too is that when a driver spins out, um, the wheels go down. And then, by the way, since the cars are flat to the ground, they have no inner liners. No inner liners in these tires, by the way. So when the so, if a guy spins out, he stays there. He can't move. He can't go anywhere. So it sucks because the penalty should not be for spinning out and not hitting anything. Is to stuck there. NASCAR's tried other things like they tried to get the tow truck out there. They towed the thing back then. They said you won't start the crash clock yet until we put the tow truck down. But then you lose five laps. NASCAR needs to come up with a working solution and fast. And they have acknowledged that they need to find out. The good news though is that the tire situation has been decreasing a little bit because of spins and spins and such. So it might they may have found a remedy on or maybe the drivers found a way to spin the car and save it and not worry about it. That could be wrong. Another thing too, and there's also a couple of gremlins with the car as well. One of the things is that uh, the pedals, that NAS, they have new pedals now. The pedals now are, instead of being, are actually, I think, a bit different than what the teams had. I think the pedals are bolted to the floor instead of above, underneath the dash. And drivers have experienced some discomfort with numbingness of legs. And that was something that's keep an eye on. So they said they put some more padding on the wheels, maybe padding on, padding on the driver's boots and all that stuff. But num- a little bit of numbness. That was not uh, something that uh, the drivers were expecting. So I don't know if they'll be changing the pedals or not or have to change something about the way it is. But yeah, that's not good when your legs have to, your legs are going numb in a ra- uh, going in a race car. So, and I think it was, but it's been mostly occurring on tracks where you're on the throttle more often than not. So tracks like maybe Martinsville or even the road course, I think would not be an issue, but will probably be more of an issue for a track like that. It hasn't happened at Talladega or Daytona yet, so maybe that's a good thing, but we'll see if that's the case. But that's one of the other issues as well. The other issue has been the steering has, there's been something going on maybe with the steering, I think, because maybe there are some steering failures. I've been still been told that there was some steering failure, I think, on Chastain's car because that car went straight in the wall in Auto Club. Then Eric Jones might have had this, the same problem, basically, late in the Las Vegas race that led to the restart that Bowman won. A similar thing as well, with like three laps to go. And then Blaney said also during Phoenix, his steering was not, was acting up funny. So it's something that's 
I think maybe needs to get worked on a bit. I know that the drivers and teams are still trying to keep the trying to wrap their head around this car. That's another thing as well. That. And then another and then one more thing as well. The drivers, of course, this is a new sequential gearbox. You're not sh crossing the bridge they they call it or crossing the gate basically. In an H power shifter, you cross the gate basically. So you go from first to second to third to fourth. Now you have five gears, but instead of, you know, shift crossing the gate, you shift upwards to, or sh shift upwards to shift, and then you shift downwards to downshift. Well, what happened was, Denny Hamlin, I think, shifted downwards, it's on his last pit stop, when he went out of the pits, he shifted downwards instead of up and broke his transactional. But some of the broken transactionals actually happened during the yellow flag. Where I think the drivers sometimes over rev the engine, over rev sometimes to try to get heat in the tires, and they break it. But it hasn't happened yet during yellow, so that might be because of the old car, and the new car, and the old like, old like spec parts. The newer spec parts I think were able to hold on to a little bit more. So good for that for now, but of course also lack of real reality Hamlin did basically shot himself in the foot by doing that so it is very difficult for Denny Ham difficult to do that so like I said these cars are very difficult to drive and the drivers like it and the fans love to see as well and I'm I gotta applaud NASCAR because they literally worked on it for about three four years almost four years uh with this brand new car with a pandemic and everything like that. And I'm glad that I think they had an extra year to develop. And actually, because they were able to find other things, other issues that they had to sweat. Although the tire problem was an issue that... Although a tire, the tire problem was known about it during the test. But the, I think the bigger problem, I think NASCAR were going to fix it. Until they, the drivers came, came to them and said... The pack, the five feet pack is not going to work. You got to up the speeds of the race car. So that's what they had to focus on. So they got distracted by that. So I can understand that. So again, we're still going to have the supply issues. The tire problems haven't really been a big of an issue yet. Big of an issue. I think it's gone down a little bit. But again, those issues could still be popping up. Hopefully NASCAR figures out a solution for when drivers spin out or the drivers have found a solution themselves who knows it could be the case but hopefully they find a solution to that so but overall very very good with the next gen car and i said this once and i said it again i can't describe you how the next gen races you have to go watch the race yourselves because i gotta tell you this if you're not watching what's going on in nascar you have no idea what the heck i'm talking about <laughs> and i'm not telling and i'm not saying that saying forcing you guys to do it because it's boring all this stuff I think the new car is really good, and I think it's got more confidence than ever than that. Uh, but that's about the 45 minutes that I think we could do on testing. Oh, and maybe another side note as well. I will be ordering the tickets for the races, uh, for the NASCAR races this year. Uh, I'm planning on going to Dover May 1st, Dover Speedway, uh, for the first time ever. So that's good, going to the Monster Mile. Um, and then going to New Hampshire and Pocono. Um, New Hampshire and Pocono are back-to-back -back weeks. I'd said that last year. Uh, July 17th and the 24th. So looking forward to those races. Well, looking forward to getting back to racing and hopefully get to see this brand new car in uh, real life. So it's going to be fun. Uh, but I'm 
But now with the rest of the 13 minutes, I'm going to talk about the F1 season. The F1, um, as you know, well, number one, side note, I did watch the Drive to Survive, uh, one of the Drive to Survive episodes, the new season on Netflix. This is... I understand it's trying to get people into F1, it's helped, but this is all bullshit, basically. Bullshit drama. The actually the actual rate the some of the racing races, especially the last couple, were actually artificial drive to survive drama. Get through it. Well but speaking of that, I forgot also on Thursday they're going to release the investigation for the Abu Dhabi race. I did talk about that. Um or maybe I did talk about it, maybe I did not, but Oh my god, I really if they find if it find if the investigation comes out and they found out that the rules were not done right and actually it was because I thought it was blatantly obvious. They didn't clearly. And if they find out that yeah, they screwed up and all that and um maybe even they thought that they, it was should have been prevented, then Oh my goodness gracious, F1 is going to literally shoot themselves in the foot. And they've already shot themselves in the foot with this one. I, I, you, I'm still... I'm. Here's the good news. Michael Massey is not the race director anymore for F1. Good. Also good. Now the team, direct, team principals or anyone can speak to the officials. Good as well. They said they have like a VAR system, something like that, where the instrument like how instant replay does in Premier League, but also the the, it, the but the system in the Premier League doesn't work either. So why should it, you know? But we're not talking about how F one race. We're talking about the season because the season start as recording this. The season starts on Sunday. I mean, I, it is cool to see the new cars. By the way, of course, F one has the brand new AR packages. The 18 inch tires with the wheel covers and everything like that. I saw them and they said they experiment. I'm okay. I'll say this they do look good. I will give them that. But I don't know if I'm really that confident yet. Well, first off, here's the other thing as well. Um, the testing wise, I couldn't really get that much in testing. I could not really get that uh much i mean i know that mclaren has an issue with the brake issue but they said they should fix it oh and by the way lando had to lando norris had to do uh man lando needs a pay raise or something like that he had to drive the car for three days because daniel ricardo wasn't feeling that well tested positive for covid out for the weekend he should be back by the time the race starts the race weekend begins but Man, it, you gotta get But McLaren said they had a brake issue and should be fixed and gotta be fixed. They said they're falling behind. People said that Ferrari may be good and then they said Red Bulls. I cannot. And then, of course, I'm looking at these cars and the way they race, try to race. I cannot. And here's the other thing, too. They're, they did a test race and they're like spread out each other. Put on a show. Like, put something. Because I'm looking at these cars and I'm looking at the way they race and I'm just questioned by it i know that you know it is a test session is more about reliability and all that but don't you think that like and this is the other thing maybe i am 
and this is honestly my opinion, if this is a car that's supposed to be, because I think the way the cars are supposed to look is going to last like the next 10 years and or the next five years or whatever it is. But these cars are supposed to help the racing get better. None, I'm going to say zero. It hasn't, none of the testing that I saw in Barcelona or in Bahrain from the from that, from what I saw, doesn't show that. It has not shown that. We saw a little bit, a couple on-track battles here and there, but this is what I don't understand. It just, I just haven't gotten the feeling that confidence yet that it's going to do well. And that's why this race is probably going to set the bar. One bar, one bar being who had... Who is looking confident to win the race? I still think that Bahrain, actually, I think Bahrain, they said Haza was fast, too. And I was like, what? Maybe there, there's a good, I think Bahrain is an open book race. I think this is one that I think, if you're in it, you can win it. I think this race will be close. And I think they said they have a sprint race as well. So the sprint race could also be a good thing as well. So they're going to have less practice session in Bahrain. One less practice session. In Bahrain, which is, I think it's a good thing because they were testing out because some of the teams were able to test out their upgrades and all that stuff, their setups for Bahrain. So I'm glad that the te- that they did that. I just don't know if, if Bahrain, if the race is going to, racing is going to be that good. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't think the Bahrain race is going to beat that as well. I don't think the car is going to do as good. I really hope, hope it does, but... Nothing has shown to me that is the case. And I'm a little concerned with that. And I'm also concerned with is that how is F1 going to officiate? Because on Thursday, if we find out that they didn't do the right thing or they proved and probably should have been, you know, prevented or even if so. I'm just, it's just going to hurt them. I really do. It's just, it's very, I can't really put it to words, but I'm just, I'm just like questioned. I mean, I'm like, so when's the like, because like I said as well, because since this is a big step in the technical regulations, but that's the same thing with NASCAR. They had a huge new brand new car and they were testing the car each and every time. I would really like to see, and this is my recommendation for F1, this is what they should have done, should have built a test car, something like that, should, team should volunteer, a team should volunteer, I don't care who it is or who you are, a team should build a race car, build a spec car for anybody, for the drivers, the current drivers, to drive so that they can give, give feedback on information that, then you go to multi-tier testing and then you go to multi-car testing and then you do the big group test because then the driver can get feedback on how the car handle how the car handles and how they can pass because one of the things that that an f1 car that the new f1 car is supposed to do is it's supposed to help the aerodynamic help the uh racing it's supposed to create easier passing. You don't have to worry about DRS trains. Although they now they said that the drag reduction system may actually be more powerful with the new car. So not really good for F1 already. 
I just don't. I don't. I can't buy their logic, really, for F1. I just don't think so. Um, and another thing, too, I'm looking. I'm glad. Also, another thing, too, for F1 to keep an eye out for. We saw uh, the. With the. Of course, as we recorded the podcast, um, the Ukrainian crisis. Uh, at the time of recording this, uh, it's been about, I think, 14 days, at least more than two weeks since Russia started invading Ukraine. And uh, my thoughts and prayers go out to the people in you, people who have been affected by this. Uh, it is a very sad time for sad time in this world. Uh, but they took Sochi off, Sochi off the schedule, and I think Portugal is going to be its replacement, maybe Turkey. Um, but yeah. So F1 wouldn't be going to Russia anytime soon, so that's good as well. And uh, Haas got rid of all the Uri branding, and of course the uh, they terminated Nikita Mazepin's contract, which I understand. I feel bad. You gotta feel bad for him because there's really nothing he could do about it. But it is the right decision. I think he. Sh- I'm not putting an opinion. On. I think you know it is a good. He could drive. He could do what he can. But again. You know, it's what you can't control, and with the with the way that the way the world is going, you know, it's just I just see that that's a right decision by Haas that they're gonna take. So I think they're making a right decision. But but back to the F one with the race and all that. I just hope that Bahrain is a good race. I hope Bahrain is a good race. I really don't think for. I don't think match. I I don't think it'd be much. I think Verstappen is probably the favorite heading into today, but heading into the weekend. But then they said the Ferraris may be good, so you could pick Carlos Sainz or maybe Charles Leclerc. Maybe Carlos Sainz gets his first career win on Sunday. You know that would be nice. Um, or Charles Leclerc gets back to victory lane, uh, which he's been on a winless streak for quite a while. Um, so. And then, of course, you said that bad Mercedes and all that. Lewis says, oh, I should say Lewis, Lemonade Hamilton. I, everyone's going to say Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton is still going to be the name that I guess. I know he's changing his surname or something like that to include his father, which I'm glad, but it's Lewis Ham- You're Lewis Hamilton. Everyone calls you Lewis Hamilton, so we're going to call you Lewis Hamilton. So, <laughs> I understand. But... Then you got the Mercedes with a no sidepodless car, which looks very interesting. Um, don't know if that's going to help. It may help the car. It may help it pretty good. I McLaren could they contend? Maybe not this weekend with the way that they fell behind in testing. Um, Aston Martin said they have not been good. Alpine Alpine has a good car, but. But uh, I just don't know. They said they have reliability. It's a, it's going to be an open race. I think it's going to be an open race. I think most of the teams should be in it to win it. Uh, maybe some teams won't pull off as well. But I could definitely expect a Haas or a... I think definitely a Haas. Like if Mick Schumacher does well or even the guy that was playing Nicky Damasco, Kevin Maxson. He could technically spoil... Spoil the top 10, even. I could see it being in the top 10 easily. 
if their car is actually that good. I could see him in the top 10 easily. If he could get in the top 5 even, I would consider him a threat for a win. I think that's going to be something I think we're going to have to keep an eye on for as we go wrong the season. How good is that Haas car? But uh, F1 is going to be a bit interesting, I think, this year. I think the first couple races of the F1 season will be good. And I still think that Miami, I'm not going to go to Miami. I think Miami is going to be overhyped. I'd rather go to Circuit of the Americas, a track that I know it's good and it's got a great fan of mine. I just think Miami is going to be tough. I think it'd be overhyped. You're racing around Harvard Stadium. NASCAR could throw, like, this is how good NASCAR is, like, this idea that NASCAR is put the stadium. NASCAR could go to anywhere and put a, put a racetrack inside a stadium. They could go to Soldier Field. They could go to Metal Life Stadium. They could even go to Hard Rock Stadium. Oh, in fact, they could go any stadium around the world and do it. Like, if I have to give an example, they could go to Wembley or the London Stadium in England. Um, even Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, even. Because if that's big enough, they could probably do it. Or the Alliance Arena in Germany. Or San Siro in um, Italy, if they're lucky enough. But, you know, the world's the world's greatest stadiums, NASCAR can do. NASCAR can do it. And I think they probably could get into Europe. But that is another show. But I think I am all out of time. Because I want to get this one-hour window done and over with. So, that will do it for us. I uh, hope you guys enjoy my voice again. Welcome me back into your voice of wherever you are. In fact, uh, if you're listening on the road or just listening while you're doing work, I hope good luck with that. Um, yeah, that is going to do it for us today. Hope you guys end up, hope you guys end up liking this episode. Make sure you hit the like button on Spotify. Please also follow my Twitch on Epix24 and on TikTok if you haven't already. Of course, all my social media platforms. I'm really looking forward to this. I'm really hoping by the next time I talk to you guys, William Byron at least wins a race. I hope so, but I can't guarantee that. So I'm really hoping that's the case. But that's going to do it for us today. I am Eric Vigno saying so long from now for now. I'll see you guys later. Bye.